Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to the January 2018 edition of Signal, the podcast from the Medianet. I'm your host, James Poulter, and joining me in the studio this month to rock and roll our way through 2018 are my old faithfuls, Mr. Sam Hales, now editor of Premier Christianity Magazine. Hi, Sam. Hello. Hello, James. Oh, thank you for the applause. That's very kind. <laughs> and uh, also joined by a less uh, old faithful but good friend, uh, Linda Davies, who is joining us Hello. Uh, from the BBC. Hi. Uh, um, and thank you for joining us. We'll get more into what she's up to in a minute. And uh, someone that doesn't have a new job to talk about, but does have a dead chili plant to complain about. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Poor chili plant. Uh, Miss Ruth Jackson. Hello. Hello. Um, lovely to have you all with us. Uh, lots of applause this episode. That's that's lovely. Um, the likelihood of us getting through this without it sounding like a Tory party conference speech is pretty low, um, just because <laughs> I've been hacking away as a cough. So apologies for that in advance. Uh, but we'll try and keep all the letters of the studio on the wall throughout. Uh, we've got some great things to discuss coming up. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different than normal as we you know, start the year right and think about what does 2018 hold. 2017 is gone and good riddance to it in many ways. It's dead to us. Goodbye. Thank you very much. 2018 lies ahead full of pregnant with uh, opportunity and uh, second child for us. Uh, yeah, you can applaud that later. And we um, will be looking into the whole year and what is coming down the road when it comes to talking about faith, media, technology and all those things when they combine. How is it going to affect our lives? We're going to be talking about podcasting, YouTube, We've got some some data things to worry about, which at some point or other I'll have to probably explain to Ruth. And we will get into many more topics as we go through, as well as our recommendations of how you should be starting your year right with some new things to listen to, watch and read later on in the show. But coming up after this, we're going to get into it as we just tell you a little bit about an event that we've got coming up next week uh, from the Medianet, hosted, uh, well, at least participated in, by our very own Sam Hells. So coming up after this, find out about that. Coming up on Tuesday, January 30th, 2018, we are going to be asking the question, what does the media look like in this new year? Join us for the Medianet's annual future casting event for our faith and media community. We'll be looking ahead to 2018 stories, industry trends, and what to look out for in the coming months, all from a Christian perspective. It's bound to be an informative, challenging event for Christians working in journalism, broadcasting, social media, and many other parts of the media. So join us. At London Bridge from 6 o'clock till 9 pm. Tickets are available at Eventbrite. That's Tuesday, the 30th of January. What does the media look like in 2018? 
I should have, of course, mentioned in that read that also Linda will be involved in it as well. So we've got the half of the <laughs> cast here. Uh, of course, next week we are hosting a event looking at the start of 2018, and you can find out more information on that over on the MediaNet website, and you can also sign up on, uh, through our social medias, uh, which exist around the place. If you've got thoughts about the show as we go through it today, do get in touch. Uh, we'd love your comments, and we'll go back to them in the next episode. You can do that by getting in hold of us on Twitter. We're at the MediaNet. Use the hashtag signal, and we will come back to you. And you can also do that by contributing to the Facebook group if you're not part of the Facebook group please get in there it is Christians in the Media on Facebook just go search for it it should pop right up and we would love to have you join the debate right 2018 here we go first of all let's uh, just introduce Linda do you just want to tell us a little bit about yourself where have you come from what do you do um, well, hi. Yeah, I'm Linda. I'm currently a senior uh, digital producer at BBC Radio. So I look after the pop music station. So that's Radio 1, 1 Extra 2, 6 Music and the Asian Network. So I'm part of a team and we look after websites and podcasts. Uh, part of our team does social media as well um, and just run lots of projects. So that's that's me. Excellent. Well, we're very glad to have you with us. And that's, it's particularly important because of some of the things that we're going to talk about, which is one of our kind of big trends. This uh, past week, I was just out in Las Vegas, um, not doing anything illicit, but rather just walking miles and miles. Glad you clarified that. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you know, it, sometimes it needs clarifying, Sam, these things. Uh, miles and miles of walking up and down the Consumer Electronics Show 2018, uh, which was a really interesting insight to uh, where things are going. Uh, basically, I've determined that pizza will be delivered to you not just uh, on a bike, but by an electric vehicle vehicle with a pizza man in, in the van waiting for you at the door. Eerily prescient of Black Mirror. Yes, that for those of you that have seen the most recent series, a number of things that including robot dogs and others were uh, all present at the show, which you should be quite scared of, uh, I think, down the line. But lots of really interesting stuff as well from some of the big players. Electric vehicles everywhere, uh, connected smart home assistants everywhere. And um, yeah, I think you guys had the first couple of experiences of your own Alexas and Google Homes this Christmas uh, <laughs> time. It's very interesting. So we, we uh, one of the stats that you guys should all be paying attention to if you're regular listeners to the show is this ever-changing um, I think landscape of the, the voice assistant yes. so we learned that over the Black Friday through Christmas period according to some new research coming out of NPR in the US that 12% of American households got a smart speaker during that period and uh, you guys got them as well you got one I didn't personally but um, I did have a rather amusing moment when we were around uh, my in-laws Christmas dinner table and there was an Alexa on playing music and there were some arguments going on and my brother-in-law Aaron um, decides to wind the person up who owns this Alexa and says Alexa set an alarm for 3am <laughs> and of course you know they all cottoned on and said Alexa cancel and they cancelled that but this this went back and forth across the table a few times well anyway you never guess what happened the next morning of course <laughs> Aaron's auntie phones him up incredibly angry saying my alarm went off at 3am with the whole house why do you do that uh, which I just thought was hilarious so yeah Alexas um, be careful how you use them and also there was a very amusing moment again around the dinner table where so the person who owns the selection was actually called Alex and uh, again there's a bit of banter going on and Aaron just shouts Alexa read Alex's text messages um, <gasps> but it didn't work because of the privacy settings so oh. there's a top tip for you check your privacy settings if you do get an Alexa because <laughs> it is one of those things it sits around the house and anyone can chat to it and it will understand anyone and exactly what information does your Alexa have access to and what would happen if a stranger walked into your room and started asking very personal questions would Alexa reveal stuff about you but until, until, sorry sorry I was just going to say until quite recently I've unplugged Alexa every time you know we've stopped using her because I'm convinced that she's listening to everything I'm saying Saying, and I've got you know and she probably is and there's not very much that I say that you know she could use against me I don't think <laughs> apart from how much cheese I order in my Sainsbury's shop but you know it's that kind of thing where we don't 
I don't think we have enough information about these devices yet and they are going to fundamentally change how we consume media and how we organise our lives and so you know I'm all in favour with being a bit more upfront about what, how much is it actually spying on us but there's also no authority either so like someone who owns the device has no more authority than a kid screaming play Lincoln Park at, at level 10 and then that blasts out over whatever you're doing and that feels like a strange thing like if it's your device and it's linked to all of your systems surely you should somehow have should it just recognise your voice well so this is the thing that both the Google Home and also the, um, the Alexa system which most of you will experience through an Amazon Echo device although everyone does like you guys have done call them Alexas is apologies that, uh, it's alright many other smart Le- Alexa speakers Alexa is the assistant <clears throat> absolutely she is the I'm assistant and, and many other assistants um, exist and also many other products that you can kind of get it through but if you are listening to one of those conventionally what's quite interesting is that these systems are now beginning to detect not just a voice but your voice and so building these individual voice profiles on people um. being able to tell the difference so I think there is an awful lot in that Ruth as you say is like actually how do we kind of get this discussion going Be- before we sat down uh, and we were talking about this idea of like how do we train our kind of kids and you know family members to behave with these things we've, we've experienced this at home that uh, our daughter Hazel who's only two and a half can already get the Moana soundtrack from Spotify out of an Echo device in any one of our rooms that we've got them in um, and she can do that if she asks nicely or she can bark at it until she gets the answer and so you know, we've had to start thinking about do we start saying please and thank you to these things around the home because otherwise she's going to learn uh, that that's okay to just you know shout commands at this box in the corner of the room. Are you guys worried about that as well over the BBC? I think well I think yeah there's definitely something about how we interact with these things in a really kind of geek hat perspective like even things like SEO we're so used to SEO in Google and how we type and how we search for things that's going to totally change if if you know we're no longer typing and instead we're talking to something in the middle of the room and yeah I, I almost feel like you should get bonus points for being polite you know that should be some way of being <laughs> you know, rewarded with rewarded. extra music yeah I don't know but um, the growth is huge so it's growing at the same rate as mobiles were a decade ago mm. and I think there's a huge amount of potential I can't I you know I can't see what the future is yet but I don't think it's something we can ignore no. Can and I just throw something out to be the <laughs> granny in the room, as I always am? Is this going to result in an episode of our upcoming show where I explain technology it to may, you? It may well do. Okay. It's more that yeah. I don't really understand why you would want one. Okay, here agree, we go. Agree, <laughs> I have to say I'm with Ruth on this. So I I have yet to be convinced that this is something I actually want in my house. Interesting. And, so, and having been you know, up close and personal with these things yeah. around Christmas time, however, that I can think of one good application for them, and that's what you already have, of course, Siri on your iPhone. I've never seen the need for uh, no. Siri. I've never got oh it. Oh my goodness, but. I hate Siri. Do you know okay. why I hate Siri? I was at a wedding in America, right? And I'd never met the bride or the groom. Um, I wasn't just gate crashing, it was my husband's connection to, he was a groom at the wedding right, so I didn't, I didn't know anyone he was a anyone. groom at the wedding your husband was not a groom not a groom groomsman oh, okay. my bad right. my bad definitely not a groom um, and it was a lovely wedding and they were doing their vows and this girl had quite a tragic situation where her whole family had died and so the <laughs> vows were incredibly heartfelt like you are now this all my family funny. everyone's weeping no it was really sad like beautiful service I picked up my phone to take a photo which I probably just shouldn't have done I've never used Siri in my life I don't even know how to enable it obviously and suddenly it just screamed out Siri is unavailable oh, and I was no. just like oh my goodness this is the worst that's thing a bit awkward. I think that's so- a really important question though because I you know I've had an Alexa for a year and I spent all of last year not using her and it's only recently that I thought I should really kind mm. of get to grips with what this is I don't think you have to use it it's just a way of how you search and how you organise your life and how you find your content mm. and for a lot of people it's ease of use so I've got a friend who's got one in every single room 
He uses them to control his light bulbs. He uses them to control his, you know, his his heater and, and thermostats like that. and all mm. that kind of stuff. I've only just got. I'm going to mention it once more. The Sainsbury's app on my phone because, like, <laughs> I never used to order food that way, and it is a total ease of use thing. Yeah. And I just yeah. think it might not revolutionise everyone's life. Not everybody had a mobile phone when they started. Yeah. But it will grow and grow, and it's something we need to be aware of. But so one of the things that you guys have gotten into at the BBC is obviously the BBC app is now up and running on Alexa in particular and also I think on Google Home I'm right in saying so you're actually helping like the discovery of a lot of the content mm. that you guys are producing over at the BBC through these smart assistants are you already beginning to see that change the way in which people find programmes or is it too early to tell? I think it's too early to tell but I do think it issues a huge challenge in you know what do we call things and what's that research that we have in how people get to the content that they want and I think you know, that's something we need to be really on the button that, you know, when you ask for a certain programme that Alexa knows or whoever it is knows that it's on this radio station mm. or it's available here and that kind of thing. So it's a... it's. It is something that I think we should be really aware of. Because I think one of the things that we've seen is that in the same kind of token as this rise in the smart speakers are coming out, and if you're listening to us on a smart speaker, let's just all give you a moment just to hear. Alexa order a wheel of brie I just wanted to do that okay so <clears throat> for those of you that I've just trolled then I'm to sorry my but my address thanks <laughs> but you, you, you know that also this the same at the same uh, kind of clip we've seen this massive rise in podcasting so in the past year or so uh, you know obviously uh, you know, Sam's show has gone from strength to strength Ruth's got a new show coming out with youth and children's work we've got a new show on the way as well uh, you know, we are hearing your comments thanks to you that, that followed up on the December episode uh, Ruth and I will be bringing a short series of things where I try and explain technology to her <laughs> Um, so watch out for that but we've also seen this kind of massive rise in these different kind of shows and people building massive communities you know out of nothing um, and I think that that's you know when you look at those things connected with these smart speakers the discovery of that content becomes completely different right so you know you guys must be experiencing this as well that you can find new things that you've never listened to through podcasting mm. uh, before and we've obviously recommended a number of those on the show where where do you guys at Brand Premier you know, where are you seeing podcasting fitting into the mix this year you're going to be doing more of it as overall I think podcasting is is still quite a well-kept secret for a lot of people, actually. I'm quite surprised at how many people don't listen to podcasts. I find that people who do listen to podcasts listen to a lot of them and love them and mm. can't get enough of them and subscribe to all sorts of stuff. I mean, I can just give you a small insight into some of our statistics. So the, the show you mentioned is called The Profile Podcast, and we have, obviously here at Premier, have a number of well-known Christians coming in every week, and me and other people will grab them and do a whole one-hour interview with them. It goes out as a podcast. That has grown dramatically since we launched it, you know, every single month thousands more people downloading it um, which is wonderful it's, it's great to know that we're serving our audience in that way and putting out content that, that really they're enjoying and that they're sharing um, I think podcasts are incredible it, it's I mean obviously I'm speaking on one but it, it allows us <laughs> we, we do believe in podcasts on this uh, podcast this show is a br this podcast is a brilliant example of it. it allows you to be incredibly niche we are a niche within a niche within a niche here at Signal right we're um, talking about technology and media from a Christian <laughs> perspective it is a very niche idea and yet we can go directly to people who are interested in that very specific topic mm -hmm. um, and so I think they will obviously I mean the answer has to be an obvious yes they're going to grow they're going to be more and more of them more and more people going to access them and, but what's quite interesting is that obviously both with the, the podcast that's coming out of you know, pre Premiere but also backed by you know, the Christianity magazine of which um, Sam is now the new editor congratulations once again is that we've all <laughs> 
Um, and we're just going to keep pushing this because basically it means that he has to deal with a lot more invoices than ever before. Um, exactly true. Yeah. Is, is that what's quite interesting there is that you guys have launched new shows entirely um, off of other properties, even though you are a traditional radio station yeah. with lots of audio content coming out. The BBC, we also begin to see this kind of trend kind of going down the line as well, right? So there are new shows that don't necessarily have a property. That yeah, so Blue to. Planet's a good example of that. The Blue Planet 2 podcast, yeah. um, you know, is is uh, works in tandem with the TV show. And I think that's a really interesting way of looking at this, looking at podcasts and looking at what the audience want to consume and that niche. You know, I don't think having lots of podcasts is ever going to be a bad thing. Mm. I think promotion of podcasts is a tricky thing because it's not a thing you can tweet out a link to very easily. It's really word of mouth mm. and it's being generous inside that podcast community. But I think this year we'll see our new favourite box set will be a podcast and not something on Netflix. I think we'll see really lush, really well told, mm. beautiful dramas. Um, I mean, and there's lots of those that kind of already exist. There's stuff like Slow Burn, which I'm very slow to get around to listening. But, re- but you know, the, the new serials, the really interesting, investigative, brilliantly curated stuff. Yeah. I think we'll see a lot more of kind of, you know, the really lush, loads of money. Yeah podcast and, they, and they're becoming launch pads for other media vehicles which is really interesting yeah. L- last week when I was over in uh, the US I had a chance to sit down for breakfast with Matt Lieber who's one of the co-founders of Gimlet who produced a number of these shows that, that the past year or so have made uh, real headway and they're now going to see over the next year you know, episodes of things like their show Reply All being turned into movies um, many of you will already know that the, their show about startup which was originally about how to set up a podcast production company which is about the most meta thing you can get into <laughs> is now being turned into an actual TV show for HBO so you know these are new vehicles and I think from a radio perspective it makes really interesting for those of you listening who are kind of working in radio journalism you know, and uh, broadcasting there's a different paradigm coming now right because actually it's not just a radio show that's been capsuled and then put out on an RSS feed you know we're actually creating new communities and as Sam says new niche communities which we're going to see that happen more and more and I think the promotion part is a really hard thing it's really not- hard but I, what's really exciting for me is the new voices the new writers and the new voices I went to an amazing talk um, at the end of last year by a lady called Imriel Morgan who started a podcast network and then it collapsed she you know she had a real passion for podcasting but she would admit herself she didn't have the business knowledge to keep it working and so she's and so she's learned the hard way and she's kind of you know come back from that and restarted and can talk you through her experiences in such a brilliant wonderful way but I think she has that voice and that presence in that podcasting platform because it's so easy for anyone to make their own podcast and that's what really excites me who who are these new voices? Who are these new ideas that we're going to find by having you know so many podcasts in the marketplace yeah and I suppose with you guys in the BBC you've got that ability to kind of launch those things off of the back of other brands and you know obviously Blue Planet one of the most you know mm. biggest successes in documentary making ever you know to be able to kind of launch new shows off the back of that but I mean you guys have mentioned to me over the past you know number of months of little shows that you've heard of that have come out of different places uh, Sam will probably plug Media Masters at this point because Fantastic that is still podcast. his favourite show um, but you know how do, do we think that that's actually going to be a problem like how are we going to find these new things when low that you know that kind of massive expanse of new content kind of comes out in this medium i suppose it's kind of similar to what's kind of happening over in youtube at the moment i think that maybe if we kind of move to talk about that as one of the other kind of big trends we're seeing this year so obviously for those of you that are um listening you might have seen the news in the past week or so at time of recording where youtube have announced that they will be moving their monetization model um and this is still kind of some rumor and conjecture waiting for some of these things to be confirmed but looks like they're going to start restricting the ability for creators to monetize their shows uh, unless they 
they get above a certain threshold of amount of hours watched every single year which obviously brings into question you know kind of how do the big creators keep getting bigger and how do the little guys ever break through to make enough money to make it worthwhile investing are you guys worried about this in terms of like how are we going to find new talent and voices is that a problem for us um that's uh introducing wondersuite from bluehost.com website creation is hard but now with bluehost you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique wordpress website or store right away from there you can customize your design colors and content and bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like google and bing from step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com/wondersuite. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I don't think that's a particular word. I think my whole, the thing that's really on my mind about YouTube at the moment is... Um, is the constant question of is it a publisher or is it a platform and it will continually say that it's a platform and that you know it has some people who look at their content but a lot of that kind of checking is done by algorithms and not by humans and there's so in a previous life I worked at children's television and uh, um, Ed Petrie who's a presenter there's just written an article um the thing for the Guardian about the fact that YouTube vloggers are watched by children in, in massive amounts but they're not really getting the same training that presenters at the BBC would have so all this stuff about imitative behavior and how you act and all that kind of stuff and it's and it's you know it's making these vloggers make ridiculous mistakes and also creating content that it, we probably don't want our children to see and that's really interesting is who do YouTube need to take a responsibility for yeah. the content that they publish and if they do that massively changes who they are yeah and they're making massive amounts of money the, the, the question I think you probably mentioned there is the, the thing we've seen with Jake Paul in the past couple of weeks where yeah. obviously he's um, come under a lot of criticism for making a video out in the Japanese forest which is typically known as the kind of the suicide forest yeah. and, and, and showing a video uh, of that and Ruth you know, a lot of the, the guys that you're talking with in terms of kind of youth culture and people working in that area do you think we're actually voiced well enough to kind of help protect kids against these issues yeah well it's interesting because youtube has always been well not always but since it's got big been the dominant media form for young people but it's actually gone younger now as well and it's becoming the dominant thing for small children as well now it's taken over traditional tv so there is that sense in which we need to protect them and i think some people sort of massively panic and think the solution is just to turn off devices ban devices from children and that's clearly not the solution actually what we need to do is help them know how to use those devices safely and how to engage with that content safely and actually I don't know how we do this but it the sense in which we need to explain to them that actually a, a TV presenter on traditional forms of media is, is not the same a lot of the yeah. time as yeah. a YouTube presenter and how we help them differentiate all of that um, and I guess the, the thing about YouTube as well is that our, we sort of think of our young people quite a lot of the time as consumers and I think that's actually quite a patronising assumption because they're creators as much as they're consumers and actually a lot of young people are creating their own content and uploading their own content so when you're talking about these exciting new voices actually I think a lot of those people are young people themselves but how do we help them 
to create content that is engaging and safe and all of that in this context where kind of anything goes and, and anything is okay and uh, where are the rules like we clearly don't have a traditional rule book anymore but yeah. there must be ways of getting safe spaces out there I might have totally made this up so you might so sorry if that's the case but <laughs> sorry, I believe we can edit you out. Andy fine. Crouch who's a really interesting family get family YouTuber I think it yes. yeah is, is, is writing or is, is, is writing has written a book on you know how technology is a really good thing <laughs> yeah. like it's really important and it's a great thing and it can bring families together but we just have to learn how to use it and he, this is another case yeah. of that he's written a book with have, Alistair Jones yeah okay. it's coming oh, out right. soon uh, yeah, yeah exactly right I thought it was called The Tech Wise Family Andy yes Crouch. that's it yes. that's it so um, so yeah it's already out and I've been I've also been massively inspired by Andy Crouch's thinking he's done a superb Q talk which I rec- recommend checking out which um, and obviously the books cover similar ground but, but what he's done is he's organised his home around creativity and his whole argument is technology is brilliant for many things but it's not good for creativity so for me as a writer my best and my worst work comes from a blank page and I'm bored <laughs> I'm bored looking at a blank page and creativity comes from boredom and what technology does it takes away all of your boredom it gives you instant access to everything mm. so he says he wants to raise creative young people and so he's not going to give them access to devices all the time they will have times when they're on them but not all the time so he's centred his living space around creativity so he has, uh, a, has a fireplace which obviously he's very lucky to have having a grand piano which he's very lucky to have <laughs> but you know he's got a bookcase he says we've got a, a kitchen so they can learn how to cook um, we've you know so it's music it's creativity it's all these things that take real effort right it takes a long time to learn how to play a piano it takes a long time to cook a really good meal whereas technology you can just get that kind of boost uh, that get that kind of um positive brain chemicals My, from very little effort and very little got, input it doesn't encourage creativity i doubt he does <laughs> my also, new year's resolution is to be a bit more bored yeah. I think mm. I think I need to let myself be more bored because I you know I I live in Cambridge um, so I commute into so, London so you're, so you're bored already so I spend, oh, no, great. <laughs> but I spend a lot of time on the train and so the, you know I just go on Twitter all yeah. the time and I really need to kind of make myself mm. spend time to be bored because otherwise you just I don't th- I don't think you think I don't think you get inspired I don't think you create as well as I, you could I do I think I think from a spiritual perspective as well you know us as Christians will be familiar with this idea of sort of having a quiet time call it what you were in the morning but but that idea that for Christians historically silence has been a way they connect with God or has been a spiritual discipline that I as an evangelical I haven't grown up thinking like that I'm an evangelical I love noise and praise and worship and stuff <laughs> kicking off but actually Christians historically they've found God in silence and I find silence not only because I'm evangelical because I live in the 21st century and have constant access to Twitter I find that hard as well yeah. but I think actually I, you know something I'm obviously working on trying to change can I find those moments of quiet and find God mm, in them I mm. think it's really hard to do in today's culture but it's something we've got to push for well it's an interesting thing so coming out yeah, I'll just round this out by talking just a little bit more about some of the stuff that we saw last week because yeah, actually one of the big uh, themes of a uh, lot of last week's CES and I'm sure we'll see more of it throughout the tech conferences and media conferences this year is that like this the promise of this smart home and Linda you mentioned it as well about you know, kind of people living with all of these things that are connected up is that you know, so we saw demos of smart fridges that can you know, activate your cooker so that it's preheated already with all of the recipe suggestions in a screen in the fridge and it knows what's inside it and all these different kind of things which will essentially take a lot of those little decision making problems that you have to deal with every single day away from you they'll automate them out and I suppose the dystopia versus utopia version of that is well the utopian version is great frees up time for more creative pursuits I can go learn the piano and stuff like that because you know I've taken my all of my laundry tasks are completely taken care of me for me you know for example or I don't need to worry about going out and do the shopping because my fridge knows 
knows what I like to order will pre-order for do you me not, it just Do you not arrives. think that's a bit of a myth, though? Because uh, surely the whole way along, we've always been saying, oh, technology is going to save us time, it's going to save us time, and yet we all just feel more busy and more frantic than ever. I think that's a myth that technology saves us time. I mean, in theory, yes, I completely yeah. agree. In theory, that would save you time. But, uh, you know, given all the technological change we've had and given how busy people feel, I'm not sure if well, it actually the, works and like that. So the thing is, I suppose what our busyness currently seems to currently feel, certainly from all the people that we speak to, is that our business comes from that that constant input and so that's to your exact point that's the dystopian alternative to it is that we just basically become kind of netflix consumption machines or whichever over the top video demand service of your choice yeah but that we kind of just end up being consumers of all this content so you know a lot of the electric smart vehicles that we saw at ces last week you know deliver upon this promise that you know okay the four-hour commute that you used to have to do down the m4 to get to cardiff from london can be completely transformed into this family experience moment where dad no or mum no longer needs to drive they can flip the seat around and everyone can sit and do something together yeah they but can all look at their phones together, uh, together. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know do we, the, to get all super spiritual for a minute do we make business an idol like you know that totally whole thing do. of you know technical technology probably does save us time if we're not checking twitter every five minutes so you know it's it's that call to us as well you know what's what's actually important yeah absolutely well on that super spiritual but very pertinent note we're going to wrap up our, our kind of review of what's coming in 2018 but if you want to dive into these topics in much more depth then you have an opportunity to do so which is coming up in the uh, event that we are running in just over a week's time both linda and sam will be there on the panel joined also by uh, tim Plimming and others to talk about this whole future of where we're going in 2018 and if you would like to get yourself there then you can do so all you have to do is log on to themedianet.org uh, you can also find all the information that you need on twitter and facebook where you can get all of the info about how to come and attend the trends event in london uh, coming up over in just a week's time from now uh, head over to the the website to register on eventbrite for that okay we need to say goodbye to linda thank you so much for joining us Thanks on this me. episode of signal and after the break we will be back to give you our recommendations for the year ahead but linda what was your one title of the book that you want to oh share yeah with sorry i was just I, I'm, I'm in that stage which is brilliant when you've just started reading a book and you're absolutely in love with it so um it's called being mortal it's by a guy called i'll probably say his name wrong atul gawande i think it is who did some wreath lectures for radio four a couple of years ago and it's about age and it's about how um, we treat elderly people as medical problems and that's not how we should be thinking about them um, it's really fascinating I'd really recommend it excellent well that's the first of many recommendations to come we'll be back with a few more after this coming up on Tuesday January 30th 2018 we are going to be asking the question what does the media look like in this new year join us for the MediaNet's annual future casting event for our faith and media community we'll be looking ahead to 2018 stories industry trends and what to look out for in the coming months all from a Christian perspective it's bound to be an informative challenging event for Christians working in journalism broadcasting social media and many other parts of the media so join us us at London Bridge from 6 o'clock till 9pm. Tickets are available at Eventbrite. That's Tuesday the 30th of January. What does the media look like in 2018? 
and we're back so time for the playlist are things that we're recommending for this month that you should be listening to watching reading or consuming somehow probably on the same device that you're listening to us on now so hmm. uh, it can all be done in the same place what a joy um, we're going to go around the table I'm going to start with Sam who's got movie recommendation for us this month yeah because it's movie recommendation actually you have to go to the cinema unless you're going to be all illegal which I don't recommend um, <laughs> or just wait long enough or wait for a few months then you can watch on your phone so this is a film has been talked about quite a lot and I'm really happy to give a massive recommendation to it's called Darkest Hour it's all about Winston Churchill and I would compare this film really to The Crown if you enjoy historical drama where you're feeling massively entertained but also hopefully learning something even though I'm sure there are some historical inaccuracies in both The Crown and Darkest Hour but broadly speaking broadly speaking you will learn something it will be massively entertaining Um, just a really well done drama and obviously plenty of people are tipping Gary Oldman for an Oscar I think he totally deserves one apparently he smoked I think it was 200 cigars in the course of of filming this Um, and the makeup is incredible because if you look at Gary Oldman you wouldn't think he looks like Churchill but they've done a really good job on the makeup something like four hours a day I think he was in uh, the kind of makeup booth getting all that kind of plastic work yeah I've I've, I've, uh, given it a 5 out of 5 in the latest issue of Premier Christianity magazine as as well just a fantastic film that I can highly recommend excellent well if you are into that then that's definitely a good one to kind of tag on my movie uh, diet has uh, been lacking somewhat in the past couple of weeks although actually I would also add a quick movie recommendation to our our movie segment which is if you've not been out to see The Greatest Showman yet I would say a high recommendation for that and get the soundtrack speaking with music uh, Ruth you've got a a album recommendation for us or a I do (laughs) these guys reverse recommendation no no, my reverse recommendation is a television show but that feels rude go on ditch the dirt McMafia so you're not a big fan of this which is it's funny because it's come to critical acclaim I think one of the lead actors we, has been yeah. nominated for a BAFTA for we, it McMafia yeah, on the BBC which is why I watched it and it was rubbish oh dear <laughs> that sounds harsh but I just really didn't enjoy it what's your primary criticism of McMafia um, I didn't think the acting was very good <laughs> well I mean that is a fairly fundamental flaw yeah <laughs> um, and it was just a bit strange I don't know okay well, yeah. Back to Peaky Blinders then, like before. Back Christmas. to Peaky Blinders. Okay. Although their accents leave something to be desired. So yes, uh, we know um, how you feel about that. <laughs> so I've got some music to recommend. Uh, they are called The Wandering Heart. played quite a lot on Radio 2 on Country Bob's show and uh, I've got a bit of a connection with them actually so I started listening to them before I realised my connection with them I'm in an all-girl rock and roll band and we had a rival boy band that were also a rock and roll band and the lead singer of that rock and roll band has now gone to uh, go and sing with this country band so he's completely changed his look he was sort of 1950s completely dressed you know hair everything totally 1950s whenever you saw him he was dressed like that it wasn't just for shows and he's now got long curly hair um kind of country hat and he looks completely different and they look amazing and they are incredible and there was an article in the evening standard about them last night actually in the fact that they uploaded their music onto soundcloud and within half an hour they'd been signed by decca wow which is pretty epic um, which also just baffles me about how that happens but yeah. yeah i think you know soundcloud obviously still you know in some kind of financial troubles as a platform but still the place that you go to kind to find new bands and an artist that's yeah you know, i have no idea how it happened unfortunately they didn't sort of expand on that in the evening standard article so i'm gonna to have to ask them about that because that sounds incredible 26 minutes i think it okay was. well remind us the name of the band they're the called artist. the wandering heart and their album is called i literally just looked it up and now i've forgotten it 
it is that album is called wild silence wild silence okay go check that one out um i've got a book recommendation for you i think you know this time of the year it's january new year's resolutions all those kind of things and i think one of the big things that we're you know kind of often wanting to do at the start of the year is be a bit more assertive a bit more go out you know kind of take what's ours you know kind of get 2018 bit by more the, angry yeah a bit well <laughs> uh, not angry but you know i suppose um yeah assertive i think will be the word um i want to recommend a book which um i, I don't tend to do and there's nothing against these category of people but i'm going to recommend a book written by a pastor of a church now that shouldn't come as necessarily a massive surprise on this show but um yeah i don't often do that because many of them uh, sometimes you're not very are, spiritual james are, issue. well no i think that the thing is that a lot of people you know kind of they've got a sermon series they need to turn it into a book because it's a great way to promote the sermon series and the cycle goes on and that's fine it's, it's something that we need you know it's a great way of people kind of getting in touch with content that they wouldn't do otherwise but this one is quite different because it's not done in that way the book i want to recommend is called own the moment it's the latest book by carl lentz and if you don't know who carl is we've we've mentioned him a little bit on the show before he has that kind of rock and roll pastor um you know kind of vibe sermons have celebrities like justin bieber jay-z oprah and nba stars flocking to his church and he has a new book out called own the moment it is great to have carl here with us and so wait do you like being called the rock star preacher no i don't <laughs> uh, so did i just defend you i'm sorry no, not offended at all i, I mean it, it's just uh an honor to have anybody even care about what we're doing so you can call me whatever you want all right well you actually have a disclaimer at the top of your book yeah. addressing the church's celebrity factor why did you need to address that well i think the word celebrity means one that is celebrated so when people say do you have celebrities and, and we always say well we think everybody deserves to be celebrated so he's the pastor of uh, hillsong new york um went through all of the kind of hillsong training over in australia and then kind of got sent back out to his hometown of new york to go and lead but what i didn't know is he came from this kind of weird background of being like a you know sub nba basketball player and then oh, wow. you know so it has this great network of people and has ended up being the kind of pastor to a number of the nba uh, teams in the in new york state uh, so both um, you know kind of the jets and a couple of the other ones that are around the knicks as well so he, he's working with both of those teams but his book is all about this idea of owning the moment and just kind of looking for the little moments in the day which actually we often kind of jump over and actually taking kind of charge of those not in a kind of aggressive way or an angry way but in a way that actually you know, kind of gives us that, that sense that we're grounding ourselves and actually being paying more attention to what's around us and i suppose it kind of like continues to riff on this theme that we've been talking a little bit about on the show before about mindfulness and you know kind of why we need to be more mindful of what we're doing in every day and that's not to kind of go down the kind of um you know buddhist meditation route but much more about just paying attention to what's in front of us so uh, that's what i want to recommend own the moment by carl lentz a very good read and worth he is of course out. uh justin bieber's pastor well yes well. and so this is the thing you know i think that it's an interesting one where he uh, you know, the very much um the, the the strap line on the cover is you know kind of not your typical sunday preacher is is what it says on the cover so it's part autobiographical part uh you know kind of telling the the story of the the church as it's grown there in, in manhattan it's the one of the fastest growing churches in in new york city um and they've done an amazing kind of uh, you know ministry there but under the surface of it all is i think actually quite a warm tale of a guy that's very genuine and actually very personal and i think you know from friends uh, of friends that know him and you know kind of heard these stories kind of verified to me you know is that kind of genuine love for people uh, and that attention to uh, attention to kind of the smaller moments so own the moment by carl lentz that's my book recommendation for the month and that brings us to the end of this month's show thank you so much to linda davies from the bbc for joining us uh, earlier in the show and if you want to find out more about her you can connect with her over on twitter as well i'm sure 
she would love to hear your feedback on her recommendations and if you've got any suggestions for BBC podcasts I mean that's the person to pitch I suppose mm-hmm. and um, thank you to, to Sam and Ruth Sam I, uh, we'd love to be congratulating you on your new job as editor of Premier oh, Christianity that's the third time guys that's very very kind uh, and Ruth uh, we mourn for your chilli plant yeah, uh, thanks <laughs> thanks so much for joining us all if you've got thoughts and feelings about the, share, the show you want to share them with us then you can do that just head over to Twitter at the media net on Twitter hashtag signal and don't forget to sign up for our great event coming up in just over a week's time all about what the media holds in 2018 Sam will be there Linda will be there other people will be there hopefully you will be too in London Bridge on the 30th of January from 6 till 9 tickets available via themedianet.org and that's it for Signal this month in January we will see you next month when we return and look out for additional podcasts coming from Ruth and I as we try and explain technology to the world all that and more coming up this year in Signal from the Medianet see you soon I'm Andrea, founder of a boutique handbag brand, Andy, and this is why I switched to Shopify. I tried three other platforms prior to Shopify, and I remember my breaking point was when I would try to make one little change and my entire site would go down. With the drag and drop theme editor, we don't need to hire a developer to do any coding. Each theme is automatically optimized on mobile. It's incredible. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Go to shopify.com slash listen to take your business to the next level today. 